First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou dost, did not, dost not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hast not received it? May God bless the reading of his word. Now let us all turn to God in prayer. Our gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we thank you for safe journey, mercies to thy house, and above all for this blessed day, the best day of the days of the week, that we can be found in thine house, Lord, to worship you, to serve you, to receive your word. But Lord, as we come before you, we seek first and foremost the cleansing and washing of all our sins. Lord, we ask that you wash away, Lord, our sins of our thoughts, in our hearts, Lord, in our deeds, in our words. Be thou merciful, O God. And Lord, we do ask that you send your Holy Spirit to be our teacher, work conviction in our hearts as we study your word. And Lord, use your word to build strong foundations for your church, that thy people may be strong and that you have generations after generations of um, thy people that will live for your glory and serve you alone. So be in our midst, we ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, we come to this new chapter and that is about stewardship. Stewardship. Now look at your BBK books. Now whenever it comes to talking about money, material, things, and well, giving it to God, it is always a sensitive topic. Very often, um, we have people coming into our church, visitors, and we are happy to, to be here for some time. And very often when we reach this chapter, all right, they do not come after that. Why? Because, well, it involves our money. It involves our money. Very often we are willing for God to touch many things in our lives, but just not our money. So this is something that the Christian himself must be clear about. Now, I do not doubt, all right, I do not doubt for a moment that there are many so-called churches that abuse, right, the money that are put in their hands by the congregation. And it has also become a scandal in Christianity, so-called. So much so that it has brought the name of Christ to shame, affected the work of God, because there are people in leadership in churches that abuse, abuse their power, and they use the Lord's money unfaithfully. Right? So, it does not mean that the Bible does not tell us to be stewards, to give. Now, we just read a passage. In order to settle this matter in our hearts, we have to start with the right understanding of what we possess. Now, we have read, God says, now, for who maketh thee to differ one from to differ from another. What's the difference between you and someone else, someone who have, someone who have not? Whether it's skills, abilities, or possessions, who is the one who makes you different? Very often we think it's us, our, our labor, our hard work, our education. But the question is to require an answer that says, not me, but God. Now the next one. And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? What is it in our lives that we did not receive it in the first place? So, Christian, we must understand the biblical principle and have this true 
conviction in our heart. Everything that we have in our lives, down to the single cent that we possess, everything is received from God. Say, no, of course not. You know, I'm the one who worked. Do you, did you ever realize that just one little bug that if God allows to infect your body, you can be bedridden for life, not be able to work at all. Everything that you do can fall to nothingness. People experience that from billionaires to broke people and stock markets crash and so on. Everything that you have is from God. Do not think for a moment that even just a dollar that you have in your pocket, well, it's just a dollar. I'm sure I'm the one who um, made that money. Well, maybe some major things, well, that's from God. But look at God's word. What hast thou that thou didst not um, receive? What, had, what do you have? What? Nothing. Nothing. Remember we studied on um, the Beatitude? That's it, like poor in spirit, the beggarly one the beggarly, to the point where you realize that you are truly a beggar before God. You, whatever that you have in your life has been given, has been given. Now, the next thing, then he says, now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory? This, if, now if you believe it, and I hope you do, if you believe that and you know that in your heart and we often say lord what have we that we did not come from you in the first place we pray that but do we really believe it you have to start here then you say then why do you glory glory means well i made this money all this um, retirement fund that i have the multiple properties that i have it's all because of my astute um, investments in the market is, well, I studied very hard when I was young. I made all this money, and I have all this money in my bank account. Now, it's because of my education. Who made you able to study? God. They say, then you glory. Now, it is as if thou hast not received it. Now, that is very damning to us. We live our lives as if these things did not come from God. Everything comes from God. Dear Christian hearers, now it has to start here. Unless we start at this point, we will resist and we will use the word, why must I give? It is not giving. You see, the moment you understand that everything is from God, then you're simply returning. You give back. Not I give to. You give back. You're returning to God. So we need to change our vocabulary if, if that helps you. Whenever you say, Lord, I want to give this to you. No, Lord, I am just returning this to you. Now, that is why it's called stewardship. All right, turn to your BBK books. So the first point, some biblical principles, we just covered that. All right, we own nothing. We own nothing. We are just stewards. The second point, we are just stewards. Now, what is a steward? A steward is someone who is just, who is given something. Right? Receive something from someone else, and you're supposed to take care of the thing placed in your hands, in your possession. And that possession is not yours. That is why you're called a steward. And you are, your main responsibility is to ensure that it is dispersed, it is used according to 
what the person who placed it in your hand desires, not your desires, stewards. And at the end of it, the steward is always conscious. These things are not mine. Now, by way of analogy, imagine this, all right? Imagine this. You're going away and you say, well, can, I, can you please take care of this, this uh, camera for me, all right? This camera, right, for me. And then you're very happy to help. You say, all right. Now, when you're away, the person uses it as he wishes, whatever he wants to use it for and starts to damage it, don't use it properly, don't take care of it. And then when you return from your trip, you say, oh, can I um, get my camera back from you? And then you look at the person like, as if, what are you talking about? I've been having this camera, I've been using it. Why are, why are you saying you need to take it back from me? Right? You would look at the person and say, what's, what's wrong with you? Or you say, well, this sum of money, I, I need to place it somewhere, all right? Can I place it in your bank account? Um, maybe a million dollars, all right? And then while the person is away, you just use it for whatever you wish. But the person gave instructions, you know, for this amount of money, I need you to use this for um, my children's education, to pay these bills and so on. Well, you agreed. The person trusted you. But you used it for yourself all this while. And when finally the, you return and say, um, can I have the money back, whatever has been used for, the, for what I told you to, the rest, I need it back. And then what do you say? It is not yours. It's mine now. And you look at the person with a big puzzled look in your heart and say, oh, I can't understand why you're asking for this. Now, that is exactly how we are with God. We do not realize that we are like that with God simply because we fail to realize and fail to admit, fail to be conscious of the fact that everything that we have came from God in the first place. And God is not saying, I'm giving this to you for you to use it. Not only that it came from Him in the first, in the first place, it is also when He gives it to us, places, places it in our hands, we are called stewards, not owners of these things, stewards. All right, so I hope that we understand that. Now, look at your BBK books. Now, it says for, yeah, point number two, right? For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Now, everything that we have, it is for the Lord, our own lives. Now, until we begin with this as well, my life belongs to God. He redeemed me with His precious blood. Now, we just studied this word redeemed in um, Isaiah chapter 41. Redeem, what does it mean? Someone paid in exchange, all right, to deliver you from some difficulty or some, some, um, some, some disaster and to deliver you, and now you belong to the person, redeem, all right, for himself. So, redeem. So, we belong to God. He redeemed us with his precious blood. Otherwise, well, then we belong forever in hell. Now, for this end, Christ died and rose, but there is a reminder. Look at your BBK books. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat, the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ. We will all stand before God and one day give an account to himself. Hence, Paul says, whether I live or die, 
I belong to God and whether I live or die, whatever I do is for God because one day I will stand before this God. Stewards means that one day you will be called to accountability. Right? That is why you're a steward. If God simply said, this is yours and for you and whatever you want to do with it, I don't care. There is no accountability. Now, this the fact that we will all stand before the Bema seat. Yes, if you're a true believer, you won't be judged for, for your works to send you to hell. You'll be judged for your works regarding your stewardship. We will. Now, Christian, do you live with this consciousness? Every time you want to buy something, use the, your so-called your bank account for something, whether big or small items, do you ever ask yourself, one day I will stand before God and give account about this? You know, accountants are supposed to do that. Every line item will be called to accounting. We are going to have our ACM soon. So um, we submitted all our books to the accountants, um, uh, to the auditors. They are going to run through every line. How we use the money. Is it according to the law properly, right? There is accountability. So Christian, we have an accountability. Now, Actually, at this point, I want to address something which many people don't like to hear. Saying, well, give to the Lord's work is already difficult for many. Well, maybe you have settled that in your heart. Well, I understand now, yes, I must be a steward of God's resources. But there is still one problem. We live, whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Now, there is one thing that people do not like to talk about. Even they say, well, I'm willing to give when I'm alive. But my will, W-I-L-L, my will, right? Your, you know, before people pass away, they, they set up a will. Well, how the remaining, um, what they have, how the remaining of what they have, how it should be dispersed, who to give to, and all that. Have you ever thought of that? Paul says, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. It is not just when you're living, even in death. Paul, is, Paul wants to make sure that even in death, I make sure I do what is right. Elderlies, how do you feel now? The church wants our money. The church wants our property. Well, if you want to think like that, it's up to you. you whatever you give to the church, I'll probably not even be around to see it. Probably die before that, right? For many of you young people, young working person. Do you ever think of it this way? You say that everything comes from God. I am a steward, right? I manage God's fund. So this person says, well, you say, well, this amount of money is, is to be used for all this, and then you use it and then use it and use it. And then when the person says, now I require it, next thing the person knows is, but I've given it all away. To whom? What instructions? Oh, I thought it was in my hand, right? So I give it to my oldest son, my youngest daughter, and then I decide to go buy lots of property, buy lots of things, right? And then when I die, I will it all to them. How would you feel? You say, what? You know, this amount that I put in your hands, when you are, well, when your life is supposed to be used according to what I ask you to do, I, I'm glad you did. But how is it possible that you even would think that when you die, you're going to decide by yourself to give it all away to none of why I ask um, what the money is meant for. Now, I know this is very hard 
hearing. Many of these things I did not think about until I reached my age. Then I often think, well, Sharon and I, we are in the car. What happens if both of us, both of us get into an accident and both of us dies? I begin to make sure that these things are in place. And when I have to put these things in place, suddenly I realize, if I'm a steward, then even how I will whatever I have, whether it's a lot or little, it doesn't matter. But you are called to be accountable. Dear friends, I'm saying this not for desiring your money in any way. Not that the church needs your money. God is the one who will always provide for His work. But God provides through you. And remember this, we will be accountable. All I'm telling you is this. You will stand before God one day. The very last thing that you can do that will have a there will still be a stewardship after you die. Do you realize you can do that? Do you realize that you can do something before you die that can actually make you an unfaithful steward? You say, but no, no, I'm dead already. No, it's decisions that you made before you died. You are going to stand before God. And God is saying, I've supplied everything in your life. I provided you to make sure you could put your children through education that they are able to make a living for themselves, they do not need this. What I gave you, the access, were not access for you to do whatever you wish. This access had a purpose. You better think carefully how you will, what you have before you die. Most people will, majority to everyone else, whom God already provided for in their lives. And whatever is the little bit, all right, 1%, half percent or some 10 percent well maybe i'll give it to some some mission work some some work some church uh, some church um, 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 projects we live like that like i say again my friends when you realize everything you are, everything comes from god you are a steward everything belongs to god then you better think carefully what have you done before you died because you will stand before god i will stand before god i say this with as much conviction as I say it to myself. So don't read all this and just think that, well, as long as I'm living, I do the right thing. You're a steward even before you die. And after you die, your decisions still goes on. Now, next one. All right, so please think carefully. Think carefully. Next one, number three. God's work must be supported by God's people. Now, exactly that, right? Acts 20, 35, you can read that for yourself. Now, the Lord says that the work ought to, we ought to support the weak where there are lackings, where are, there are gaps, right? We are supposed to use what God gives us, puts in our hand, or should say God places in our hand, I'd rather not use the word gift, places in our hand for that purpose. It is very wrong for churches when they are doing the Lord's work building extension, for example, that we're going through. I made it very clear to the church, we will never take a loan from a bank because if it is God's will, then God will put His resources in through you, through the worshippers. It is the most shameful thing to go to a bank. Now, when, when we started this project, which is needed for the current situation and the future generation, after seeking God's will, we knew it was God's will. God made it very clear. There are people that keep sending me emails 
Pastor, you know, loan rates are very low now. We should make use of that. We should take loans. Um, you know, and give me so many advice on how to take loans. And very often, these are people that have multiple properties. In fact, one of them passed away recently. And at the funeral, all I hear the children say is, this property is mine, that property is mine. They just keep thanking the parent for all the properties. But this very person who kept saying, take loans, had all the resources that God has put in his hands to be a steward of. Now, friends, do not think for a single moment. If you do not return to the work of the Lord, the work of the Lord will fail. The one that will miss out is you. Please know that. When the temple was being built, many of them withheld. By the time they wanted to give, they realized it's a privilege to give, and I have this amount. If I don't use it now, I, I'm a steward. I, am, I don't know what to do with it. They ran to Moses, and Moses says, ah, finished, enough already, don't give anymore. Lost. Now, later we will see about Colgate, right? This man, Colgate. He was very faithful in tithing. The Lord kept blessing him. Now, he kept making sure that he gave. And another Christian, all right? Well, he just kept giving, giving, and make sure he, and in the end, he made sure he gave everything. Or I say, he returned everything to the Lord. It is very, very frightening to have much, Christian. You want to have much. Do you know that the more you have, the more difficult it is to administer them? You have not much. It's easy. Lord, I have this amount and then this amount for living and this amount. I make sure that I just keep returning to you this. You provide for me to make a living. You don't have to worry about that huge amount that you have and say, all this, what am I going to do with them? So much accountability. You want a lot? then you better be prepared to be a good steward. But if you don't think of life as stewardship, you don't care, I want more, right? So I want to be very frank about this because as a pastor, I'm supposed to help you prepare to meet God. Stewardship is something that I think people avoid talking about. And the failed accountability of the church is, in the end, you meet God and you realize, I never thought of it that way. But it's too late. So don't for one moment think that well, if you don't give, I'm, I'm begging you for money for the church. We do not need to beg. It's God's work. You miss the opportunity. You miss the accountability. So please understand that clearly in your heart. You're just returning to the Lord. In fact, the moment there is an opportunity to return to God, many of us will feel, finally, I don't have to worry about this amount. This is clearly God's will. This is a work for the kingdom of God. This is not unsound, um, um, for unsound purposes. Phew, this can be quickly moved out of my hands. God, I fulfill my accountability. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. That is how a steward will think. Finally, finally, you are back. Can I quickly return it all to you? It's such a burden to carry this. But if you don't think we are stewards, no, it's a pleasure. Let me have more. Let me hold on to it, right? So if you're offended, I still have to teach those who want to learn God's word and want to be prepared to meet God. Now, next one. Next one. Now, point number four. All right, point number four. Now, we must be faithful. So... Well, 1 Corinthians 4 to say, it is required in stewards that a man be 
found faithful, not just a steward. So many of us are willing. Well, right, we, it is from God, I understand, and then we, we, we return to the Lord, but we are not faithful. What are some examples of faithfulness? So God is not just saying be faithful, but we are expected to be faithful stewards, faithful. Now, number one, faithful means you use things according to how God wants it to be you, your resources. You think carefully. One of the faithfulness is you do not give to work, the work of God that are not sound. You become an unfaithful um, resource manager. Ecumenical movement, churches that are in the World Council of Churches, um, groups that are new evangelical, they forward, they forward the work of Satan. Yes, they have all the names of Christianity, but ultimately, you know, they are forwarding the work that will eventually bring about the One World Church. You must be a faithful steward because when you stand before God, God said, the money that I gave to you, how is it that you used it to support work that I taught you in Revelation that we should come out from and don't be part of? Instead, you use my money to forward the very thing that I, I told you is going to come and be against it when it comes. So, number one, be very careful when you give. Doesn't mean it's a church. Doesn't mean they say we, we, we do Christian work and then you just give. You don't do research. You're not accountable. As long as I can give, I'm a steward, right? No, you must research. Sometimes people just keep giving, 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 giving. And next thing I hear, they give to people who have left the ministry and they didn't even know. Well, this one thing, we are supposed to not let the, let, let the right hand know what, uh, left hand know what the right hand is doing. You, know, you do not want to um, make people know about it. So you quietly give, but you still must be a faithful steward. Research. Ask. Ask the pastor. Sometimes people give and they have left the ministry. Sometimes people give and they are no longer sound. They have joined unbiblical movements. Just because they used to be our missionary doesn't mean they're always faithful missionaries, all right? So you must be faithful in that sense. You must be faithful in terms of regularity. Regularity. Some people say, well, I'll be steward. Well, when I remember, well, I will give tithe and offerings. When, I, when, I, when I'm on holiday, well, I'm on holiday, right? So this, this couple of weeks, phew, I don't have to give. Regularity, all right? When you travel, do you plan? Lord, I want to be a faithful steward. I'm going away for, well, one weekend to go back to visit my parents. I will tithe and give offerings before that. Or when I return, I don't conveniently say, well, the time is past already. That Sunday was that Sunday. Be a faithful steward. All right? Now, so some of these things, be faithful to the end. Be faithful to the end, even when you die. That is the last faithful thing that you can do that is in your, fully in your control. Be faithful to the end. We always say, I want to be faithful, Lord, to you to the end. When it comes to stewardship, we conveniently try not to think about it. You know how many parents they give to their children um, in their will? And because of that, there were fightings in the home. God will curse it. Fightings. There were people, the children that, that hate one another and they fight with one another for the, and they go to court for all these things. You see the problems? There are many, many 
billionaires in this world that are wiser than the children of God. You read them. You, know, you read about them. I think I shared this in one of the Bible study. A whole long list of very famous people. And one thing they learn is money corrupts. And they say, I am a billionaire, but I'm not giving anything to my children. The, if I ever give, many of them, if I ever give, it's just enough for them to do what they need to do in life productively. And if they stand alone, they will not get anything. That is how they believe. Uh, that is how they live. But sadly, that is now how the Christian live. Very often, you see Christian children, when they receive big sums of money, they just go crazy in life. And their Christian life just crashes. Be faithful to the end, right? Be faithful to the end. Now, be clear. Not a single cent that you give to church goes to any of the session member or myself. Nothing, right? Be clear about that. Now, next one. Look at your BBK books. Page 205 in your old book, 187 in your new book. A Christian is a pastor, is a traveler passing through. Right? We, we've been studying, we are strangers and pilgrims in this world. Now, when you're passing through, you, I always like the example given at the bottom of, of this. Now, a traveler in a far country would not for a moment dream of furnishing his hotel room with expensive articles. Isn't it true? When you go on holiday, which one of us in the right mind say, well, I'm on holiday, and then this, this place is not my home, but you, when you check into your hotel room, you go downstairs and you buy well, a million-dollar painting. All right? Then you buy expensive um, um, uh, cookware and um, 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 tableware and all that. Now, I'm not saying that you don't need cookware. Oh, but you use the most expensive things that you don't need. But you would spend without thinking. You say, of course not, I won't do that. Why would I hang all these things and have new drapes and have new bed and in there? Well, whatever is in there, I use. That is all because this is not my house. My home is in heaven. Once you have that understanding in your heart, we are just strangers and pilgrims. When your heart is really about, well, whatever I have is to forward God's kingdom. You won't think of spending that kind of unnecessary money to furnish a place that you know you are only there for a moment and whatever is there is just to be used for your journey. That is all. That is how we think. But we do not relate it to being strangers and pilgrims on this earth, right? We think this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My home is somewhere beyond the blue or something like that. But we don't realize that we really need to live like that. All right, so please understand this principle as well. Now, then we have... Here also the reminder in Matthew 6, 25 and 23, now it says, now, take, now it says that, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now many people read this verse and say, well, this is such a wonderful promise. Now instead of thinking of stewardship, in the light of stewardship, Many of us think this way, and we must start to change our thinking, all right? I'm not just I'm trying to scold you, but trying to help you understand. Well, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. All right, then, well, I will obey God. I will not sin against God. Why? Because, well, I want money. 
I want money to buy this house, buy that property, buy this kind of car, uh, have this kind of education, have this kind of lifestyle. Now, I'm not saying that those things in themselves per se are evil, are sinful. But we obey God thinking that when we obey God, this thing, God will give us these things. The health and wealth gospel. Be a Christian. Believe in this God. And God wants to heal you of all sickness and God wants to give you the desires of your heart, whatever you wish. Well, because the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? Be part of God's kingdom. Now, what does it mean? I don't want to worry about my living. I become a Christian because I don't have to take thought for my life. What I will eat, what I will drink, what I will wear. If I become a Christian, God will provide for all this. Now, this is not what God is saying. What is God saying? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. When you live for God, when everything that you have in your hands, you understand is from God and you are a steward of God and you must be faithful and you intend to use it always for the Lord, even at death, you will be faithful. What God is saying, if you are like that, if you seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, first, first means that is your priority and reason for living. First, that is why I do anything. That is why I choose to spend in, on anything. It's always for the kingdom of God and His righteousness. He said, if you are such a person, you do not need to worry about what you have or don't have in this life because I will always trust you and provide for you. Now, parents, you know that. You know you have two, cho- two, child, right? two children. One spends money without thinking. One is unfaithful, all right? Whatever you say, this is for, for us to use when we get to the supermarket. This child along the way will buy sweets, will buy computer games and all sorts of things. You know one is like that, but you know the other one is very faithful, right? What would you do? You would take... M- most of the money and put it in this child's hand because you know this is a trustworthy child that uses what is in his hand always for what you purpose. What God purpose for his kingdom, what God purpose for righteousness, all right? For the Christian living, holy living. You know that this child can be trusted. You will always give this child more. The reason why you get more is not because God, God loves you especially. God wants you to have a good life. You must realize, God is trusting me. This is a great responsibility and burden. I must be very careful with it. All right, so please think like that. What do you have in your bank account? What do you have in, in your possessions today? Think like that. What do you lack God says, now, if you don't need it, don't worry, you don't need it. It's just like a servant. A master, you know, we need to go to the market. I need money. I need to buy this and that and that. If the master says, no, you're not going to get money for that. God is an infinitely wise master. If he says you don't need it, means the church don't need it. Your family doesn't need it. You don't need it. It's not necessary. You don't have to worry. Why are you worrying? Why do we worry? We worry because we want to live for ourselves. Think about this. Is this crazy for a servant to keep worrying? Will I get money to buy this and buy that? Now, if it is a good master, oh, master, you're not giving this. We're not spending that. Oh, it's fine. You don't have to worry in life. We worry because we want to have certain things in our life and we keep worrying. Will I get enough money for that? Will I get this? Will I get that? We worry because... We don't realize if we are faithful stewards, we want to use everything for God, there is no need to worry. 
Now, next one. All right. Next thing about um, stewardship. Page 206 in your old book, 188 in your new book. Where is your treasure? Lay up, lay not up treasures, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, but lay up treasure, uh, for yourselves treasures in heaven. Okay? Now, here is again an understanding that we, make, we have to make sure we are very clear about. At the prayer meeting recently, I covered about John Piper's um, um, theology about this. And I read to you some things that he said. Basically, God wants you to have treasures. God wants you to have these things. God wants you to be happy with these things. Because God says, well, lay up treasures for yourself in heaven. So he said, lay up treasures for yourself in heaven. So there's nothing wrong for the Christian to desire that. That is the health and wealth gospel in the evangelical world today without people realizing Nothing wrong with doing things so that you store up treasures in heaven. Cash converter, you can't take it with you. No, you can. You can send it ahead. Serve God and then you have treasures in heaven. Now, do you think that is what God is saying? Do you think what, that is what God is saying? Now, look at your BBK books, Matthew 6, 19. Matthew 6, 19. Now, the full context is lay not up treasures for yourselves, treasures upon earth, where moth and rust corrupt, where thieves break in and break through and steal. What is God saying? Now, He's not saying, well, I, I want you to have treasures. Lay it up. Number one, the context is telling us, God is saying, compare things eternal with things temporal. The things that you want to buy, you want to, you want to hog up and all that, they are temporal. Not only that, all right? You keep storing these things. Well, they don't last. Even moths can eat it up. Rust can break it down. Thieves can steal it from you. But whatever you do, think about the eternal usefulness of things, the spiritual usefulness of things. That is the focus. Not to have treasures. Now, remember God said very clearly, no man can serve Two masters, right? No man can serve two masters. Now, actually, on your next page, you can Matthew six twenty four. God continues in Matthew six. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot. Mammon talks about money and treasures. All right, possessions. God said you cannot serve two. If God later on said you cannot serve two masters, why would God ask you to store up treasures for yourself in heaven? God may as well say, well, don't love money on this earth. Don't love treasures on this earth. Just love all these physical treasures when you get to heaven. God is then encouraging you to serve mammon. That is all. So when you read the context, God is simply saying this. You are stewards. Whatever you use, use it for my purposes, and my purposes are always eternal. Look at money like that. Now, it's a terrible thing when the Christian begins to think, well, I won't do this, I won't do that, because this will translate to treasures in heaven. Now, at the Bema seat, which we read earlier on, what will happen? God says our works will be judged. Whether it's work of um, gold, silver, and precious stones, or is it wood, hay, or stubble? What is God saying? Your motives. You can do the same thing as another Christian, but when you stand before God and uh, when your works are tested, 
It will go up in flames, although, well, you're the most faithful pastor, most faithful um, full-time worker, most faithful um, um, lay person and all that. But what was your motives? Another person may not be famous, may not, may not give that much, but it was faithful, sincere, right? It is about motives. If your motive is to store up as much treasure as possible in heaven, don't be surprised, all your giving will be wood, hay, and stubble on the Bema Seed Judgment Day. All right? So understand this passage. God is simply encouraging you, give, or rather return me, because what, what you return me and use when it's used for the kingdom of God, it is eternal. It is eternal. And you will forever in heaven look at that and say, so wonderful. I was a faithful steward. I did not waste God's money. All right? Now, how shall we give? We run out of time. How shall we give? Now, we will come to this point about tithe and offerings, tithing. Many Christians today believe, and next week I will show you some quotations, many Christians believe tithing is not for the New, Te New Testament Christians anymore. Now, is it true? Is it true? What is your understanding of tithing? Where did tithing come from? And therefore, how should we understand tithing? Let us turn to God in prayer.